one, two, and three. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> you know, I think it's funny. Every time I start the show, we always have we're always saying something goofy. Um, anyways, it's it's more just that. Usually Brad is here and he starts counting the numbers to you. I know. And then that just makes everything feel a little... It, like official. Know. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, and me, you know... And then I get nervous and um, I start spitting up. You know, Brad's not here this week. Sorry, guys. Spoilers. I, I, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. I guess you're going to miss Brad. Um, anyways, welcome to Real Nerds. I'm Ryan. Across from me, you've already heard him, is... James. And this week, we saw Cowboys and Aliens. But before we get to Cowboys and Aliens, how about some real news? Cool. Uh, James, you actually have a whole list. That's good because I was totally unprepared this week. But uh, we already kind of talked about some of the things we always do when we see each other and yeah. even before we sit down to the it's show. Hard not to. Yeah, because um, it's awesome. Anyways, what's the first thing you want to talk about? Because actually, if you don't mind, I want to actually spit off something that hopefully you can help me with. Sure. And that's the Battleship trailer. <laughs> what in the hell is that all about? Start with a showstopper. How about. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw this online earlier today. I've and not seen it. I knew the movie was in production, and this is how much I didn't know about the movie. I knew the movie was in production. I have no idea what the movie's about. Well, it's about I, ships. Yes. And they're uh, <laughs> at war. They're battling. Yeah, and it just so happens that they're at war with uh, aliens. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, okay, I guess I got that from the trailer. Ships. Yeah. But I and this know... is in no way related to Battlefield Earth, which is a... <laughs> completely different thing. I had no idea Liam Neeson was even in the movie. Yeah, right. And you know what sucks even more? Well, besides the idea behind it, is even when the trailer started, I didn't even know it was for Battleship. I had no idea. But I'm like, this looks like it a really... It was just really like super generic, like... Stupid... I'm in, I'm in a war. Navy movie. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, that was the worst trailer I have ever seen. It, it's definitely the worst one I've seen in a while. Because yeah. two... And followed by some of the best trailers, at least of the year, ex- I think. Yeah, and, and two, you're watching it, and it seems... Obviously, they're probably still shooting the movie because it doesn't come out for a year. Yeah. And it seems really slop, sloppy. Like, the editing is not good. Uh, the only special effect, I guess, that looked halfway decent was the alien ship coming yeah. out of the water. Oh, yeah. No, it looked pretty. Actually, yeah. it looked exactly... I. I wish it were a Predator movie, because it looks exactly it, like know, a Predator ship. It does, but, I mean, even the shot of the dude, like, being shot backwards or knocked off this... Oh, shit, yeah, it was I, horrible. It was horrible. So, what is what is the premise of that movie? I have no idea. Wait, it's uh, director Peter Berg, who's oh. been an actor for a while. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, yeah, I guess O is the right way. He did the rundown, and I love that movie. Yeah, and the rundown's everything else, awesome. After, everything after that is, like, a... It's just bad dreams. Uh, I never saw The <laughs> Kingdom. Uh, I don't want to, but after that is Hancock, and then this. He also did Friday Night Lights, which I was never really impressed with. Uh, the movie. The movie. I, the TV show, I guess he was a producer, but um, uh, anyway. Uh, it's it's exactly what you see in the trailer. There's really? aliens, and they crash in the water, and there are boats, which are somehow still relevant, especially in when fighting aliens. Uh <laughs> And Liam Neeson is there, and he's the guy who tells them to shoot, mm-hmm. and their radar goes out. Their radar yes. goes out, and they have to they have to guess. They can't look at where the aliens are. They just have to guess because the aliens are the, uh, a giant 
board comes up in the middle is of that the water. Serious? No, no. Oh, that would be. <laughs> the, but there's everything, like, yeah, a bubble going around. I have, well, because the bubble? bubble that that bubble um, wipes out wipes out radar. Right? No, that bubble keeps out reality. Um, <laughs> I assume I I describe it as a Gungan shield, which is really not because Gungan shields let things in. Uh, this seems like oh well. These ships are the only things locked in this bubble, so they're the only people who can save the world from aliens. That's, I think that's where they're going. It doesn't matter because I, I don't think I'm going to see it. Oh, I'm not. Gonna I can't. See it. I can't imagine unless I saw it ironically or got a free ticket or something. But it look, yeah, it looks ridiculous. I, I, I'm sorry I had to start with that, but I was thinking about that <laughs> during the movie about yeah. how stupid of a movie that is. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is that looks like it's about a. Three, 250 to 300 million dollar movie uh it's probably somewhere around two i bet you know with, with who is cast in that movie i mean yeah who's, Liam Neeson's who's the in lead it. guy in it uh i have no idea i've never I've seen really him i've never seen that guy before but it's got uh, alexander skarsgård mm-hmm. or skarsgård skarsgård he was great in green lantern was he in green lantern yeah no 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 no, no, no. that's um that's no, peter sorry peter skarsgård yeah this is the guy who's in uh uh shoot what's it called true blood he plays mm-hmm. the Viking vampire in True Blood. I've never uh, seen. True and he's really Blood. good in that, and I, I, I want to see him in movies, but not in this one. Oh uh, man, I, I mean, cannot get that out of my head about how crappy, yeah, of a trailer that is. It's it's really ridiculous, and I, like I said, coming after. Uh, oh wow, it's actually, it's the same guy who's playing. I, I believe it's the same guy who's playing John Carter of Mars, who is also. Um, uh, the guy who f- throws the cards in X Men. Oh, it's uh, Taylor Lichnitch. Uh, yeah. Kitchnich. Oh, yeah. The the actor's name Taylor Kurt Kitsch. Kitsch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kitsch. Okay. Uh, but I can't remember that character's name who throws the cards. Gambit. Gambit. Yeah. Everybody loves Gambit for some reason. I know, right? Um. Anyway, so I couldn't believe that's a real movie. Yeah, and I, I was saying in the car that I feel like when they announced it, I thought that's a horrible idea. That'll probably never happen. Um, the same as all the other Hasbro games that they turn into or are turning into movies. Like. Oh, the Monopoly I've heard. Of. Monopoly, though I haven't heard any movement on that in the while. Ouija is happening, which I, I know. Ouija, I heard there's a I trailer see, for it. I can see Ouija being a movie. You know, Ouija is simple. It's like well, somebody talks you, to somebody from the dead, and yeah. bad things happen. There's a story there. Exactly. You could just. I mean, the only part of the Ouija part you need is you have them. Oh, we're communicating with the dead people, and the dead spirits come back. Yeah. Then the board's done. You don't yeah. have to. And even even Battleship, if you stepped back from it and said, like, okay, how would you make this? Well, you make it Crimson Tide or Hunt for Red October yeah. or something like that, you know, though with ships instead of... Though there's submarines in Battleship. But, you know, basically you only use the title. I anyway, Where I was going was that I thought, because of how ridiculous the idea of making a movie out of this is, that they would... You know, go for something a little more obscure, something that's yeah. not a direct translation of the game. I mean, exactly. Like, Every t- when they and when the camera zoomed up and it had like those crosshairs, three ships over here and three yeah. ships over here. Where could they be higher? Yeah, yeah. It, and were they gonna say B twelve? Yeah. It, uh, it, and it, I can't understand it. But they can still see the ships. So are they really shooting blind? You know? I, N- no. And, and then the other well, ships. I don't know how the, ships the, work. the aliens are hovering above the water. Correct. Uh, no, it looks like maybe they're crashed. So oh. they, like they, their propellers, their propulsion systems can't get them too far out of the water. You know what, James? I like your idea. Here's $150 million. Go make your movie. All right. <laughs> I'll make a movie for about four and keep the rest. <laughs> I 
wouldn't take much. What the heck, man? I know. It, I, I just had to get that off my chest about how terrible that is. Yeah. It looks and, really, really horrible. You know, it's a toss-up between that and the Twilight Saga New Moon or Breaking Dawn. No. That trailer is amazing. <laughs> she, he breaks the bit. That's how sexy he is. <laughs> yeah. But also, remember when the werewolf got the invitation to yeah. the wedding? The laminated werewolf? The, the laminated invitation? Yeah, because it's raining. everybody knew it was going to be raining. And he threw it down. He ripped off his shirt and then morphed into a wolf. Yeah. I guess in the Twilight um, universe, you can turn into a wolf anytime you want. Well, only if you're a werewolf. That guy's a wolf boy. Like, mm. he can do that. Because that's the thing. I You know, I know that you don't know as much about Twilight as I do. <laughs> but, you know, it's a whole love triangle. It's kind of like Jack and Kate and Sawyer in Lost, right? Only mm-hmm. only Sawyer can turn into a wolf and mm-hmm. Jack is a vampire. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, oh, also, and Kate has no personality at all. And... Lost is bad for people. <laughs> I don't like this analogy. Anymore. That's a terrible analogy. <laughs> it's really, really, really is. only because it made Lost me say is, things I never only because to say. Lost is so great. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't even know. I Battleship. Yeah, that is unbelievable, and it comes out in May. So that means who's putting it out? Paramount. Yeah, that it, means they have enough faith in it that it's going to make them money. Yeah, and not. I mean May. Uh, you know, did they say well, it was like May 11th? Right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it's not quite started. Usually May 2nd is the is like Marvel weekend. Yeah, that's, well, that's, you know, that's the where Avengers next yeah. year. Oh, good. So I can go see the Avengers again instead of... Mm-hmm. Cool. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, the fact that they're trying to start the summer with Battleship is, is just... Uh, embarrassing. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead. Uh, I had, a you know, sort of a list of go movies ahead. that we'll just sort of talk about real quick as far as you know, where we think they are. And Battleship was one of them. Uh, the other one was, did you see anything about Ghost Rider coming out of Comic-Con? I watched an interview with Nicolas Cage. Oh, did you? And I got out of what Nicolas Cage would say. Um, yeah. I, I, I What I get from it is he needs money. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, so you, you've seen the original Ghost Rider, correct? Yeah. I saw it once. I saw it in the theaters. Uh, I didn't see it in the theater. I rented it. But You're yeah. lucky. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't have... a Ghost Rider as a character to me is cool. I think it's cool that uh, Satan sends up somebody to do to fight demons and that he rides around on a chopper and he has a flaming skull. I get the idea. Yeah, I think he's it, got some weird powers. Exactly. I think it'd be cool. It has a chain. Uh, he had, one of my favorite obscure Spider-Man stories features Ghost Rider. It's hmm. called Spirits of Vengeance. And Isn't that the subtitle of this movie? It is. Yeah. It's The Spirit of Vengeance, but oh, Spirits oh, of Vengeance is this one. And the story revolves around Spider-Man and Ghost Rider teaming up and Venom and this guy named Death Watch, who's really crazy and he died, but they're trying to resurrect him. They go in the sewers and they have to fight. And so they have some kind of cool fight scenes. And it's cool because it's a dark Spider-Man story. And yeah. uh, Venom realizes what he's doing wrong. And they team up, yada, yada, yada. So it's kind of a cool, different story you don't see Spider-Man in every day. Yeah. Um, so I like the idea of Ghost Rider. Uh, I think Nicolas Cage can play a character like that. I think Nicolas Cage can be a good actor. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, but the first Ghost Rider... Is a mess. Is a mess. You're correct. That what my biggest problem. I have two problems with that. Is tonally the movie's all over the place. Yeah. You know, and I don't like they try to be funny, but then they try to be serious with you know Wes Bentley is this crazy demon guy. Yeah. And there's two 
things that really bother me visually about the movie. Well, not visually. One is um, audio-wise, and the other is video. Uh, visually. Visually, thank you. Yeah. Uh, when Ghost Rider is riding in the swamp, and it looks like they're just pulling trees across... <laughs> You know, it's like he's not even driving. Well, that's that's completely skipping over the fact that the motorcycle's ridiculous. The, yeah. The CG and the fire is ridiculous. But it's way over the top. Exactly. And the thing I don't like is Ghost Rider's voice. Why does he have to have a voice like this? Oh, yeah. Burn he's, got the, he's got the, yeah. That's just retarded. I forgot about that. And you don't need it. So, watch Because I try to forget that movie as much as possible. Exactly. So, me watching Nicolas Cage in a movie that no one's asked for. Yeah. It's, it's like Punisher War zone you really need another punisher movie yeah i I, this is an interesting one for me because it's it's neville dean and taylor are the directors who they're the guys how do you feel about the crank movies did you see them do you like them they're they're all right i mean they're stupid but they visually they're cool oh sure all right well i can go with that they're definitely stupid um uh they're they're big, you know. They, yeah. they they were going for like, okay, we want to make video games in, and in see, a movie, but, but, but that's with the crank. It's that's what it wants to be. It exactly. wants to be and dumb. Here, the thing that I appreciate about Neville Dean and Taylor is uh, sort of the practicality of it. One of the things that I heard people talking about because people are excited about this movie. Some really, for, yeah, they are. Um, and one of the things I heard somebody talk about was there's a apparently a shot where like they they had the director and an actor and a motorcycle all like on a wire and so before the motorcycle went off of like a big jump and jumped over a cliff the director with the camera went over the wire across the cliff. and so they like, actually got a shot that i guess would normally be cg and that kind of like practical film work i think is neat um so i'm interested to see it i mean i'll see the movie because i mean i'll i, I like supporting superhero movies because i like the comic yeah. book genre yeah uh and I, I think it's interesting that they're shooting in europe i think it could add something to it if and they also you know you said something about the supporting uh characters thing the nice thing i think about that is that unlike you know the big marvel movies and stuff like that or the green lanterns um they with something like Ghost Rider, they've got a little more room to play around yeah. and find an interesting story. You know, they're working on a lower budget, so uh, they have to be a little more careful about what they do. Um, and that's one of the other things that's that's interesting is that like they they release a picture of Ghost Rider on the motorcycle. There's like like his head's on fire, but it's not that you know it's a cool looking image. Mm-hmm. The motorcycle looks like a regular motorcycle that's just made out of like char and coal and all oh, that cool. so it's not it's not this big like you know the all the chains and cg so weird looking basically what stuff. you're saying is that because they have a smaller budget they scaled everything back and made it look cooler yeah basically <laughs> that's exactly what i'm saying sometimes yeah. hopefully there won't be any like driving up the sides of buildings and stuff sometimes like when you have too much money it's a bad thing i mean yeah. the green lantern um I, wild wild west yeah. i mean some things are just unnecessary and yeah. Yeah, and while I don't like Neville Dean and Taylor, it I like them more than I do Paul W S Anderson. So it, <laughs> it's at least an improvement. Uh, did you see the pictures of Total Recall? Yeah. What do you? How do you feel about Total Recall? Ah, uh, these are all things we haven't really talked y- yeah, about. Yeah, you know, I, it's it's funny that you say that because some I, I <laughs> the Schwarzenegger movies I don't think really need to be remade. Yeah. Uh, because they're they're in a time and a place where that kind of movie is cool. Yeah. Uh but you know if. If they're going to make it cool, like, I like Total Recall, the first one, and I read an interview with Colin Farrell, and he said, you know, I'm not going to say consider that a divorce because it sounds goofy coming from me, and that's cool that they're not going to make it, you know, oh, here's an Arnold one-liner, because the one thing I do think that Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) does better than a lot of people is the the one-liner, and there's an art to it. I think 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson is great at it too. <laughs> Someone like Vin Diesel makes me roll my eyes. <laughs> you know what? Because you, you know, there, I agree. there is an art right. to being funny, yeah, and and deliver and to delivering like these kind of kitsch lines in a way that's really serious. Exactly. So. I don't know. I, th- I think it's cool. I think they're changing the story enough. Yeah. And I, I respect that they're saying, you know, oh, well, we have better technology. We can do different things. Yeah. I mean, the Johnny Cab, I mean, that just looks dated now. And I, I feel like what they're going for, um, I'm a big fan of, I, I'm usually a fan of the movies that they base after Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Uh, stories. Minority Report. And so I feel like, well, Minority Report is one of my least. Really? Favorite. Yeah. I... Anyway, Anyways, we, go ahead. another Sorry. day. Um, there's this weird scene with some rolling eyeballs and that kind of weird humor in that movie that I just... Anyway. Um, and so I feel like if what they're going for is more of a let's take uh, let's take the story and sort of re-envision it, not as a remake of the original movie, but yeah. as... Um, and I don't think they're completely committing to that. I think they're still going to call back to stuff in the first movie. But it doesn't take place on Mars, if I read correctly, correct? It's on uh, Earth. <coughs> I think, yeah, there's definitely some stuff that they changed. Oh, <coughs> sorry. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I. Uh, there's not a lot that's been released about it. I mean, yeah, I've seen like some pictures four or five and pictures. And one that, that's been circulating around the most is the one where Colin Farrell has his hands up. Yeah. And the, the dudes are behind the him. The thing that scares me the most is Jessica Biel, but... Hopefully, yeah. You know, I don't mind her that much. Uh, she's kind of hot, so I think, it's all right. Yeah, but I think she does a, a worse job than than any uh, plenty of other people who could. Who <laughs> I'm surprised could Olivia Wilde's not in it. I would be fine if Olivia Wilde. <laughs> yeah, in she's uh, she's cool. Anyway, uh, the next one. Did you see the picture of Dread? And yeah. How do you feel about them remaking Judge Dread? You know, I thought I didn't like the first Judge Dread yeah. with Stallone. So I mean, that's one of those movies that that's fine that they're remaking that because the first one wasn't that good and you know i don't mind keith urban yeah he's what movie is he uh good in that you don't really born yeah he's in born too yeah you know when he's kind of and he's, and, and, he's and, bones and star yeah, trek yeah uh, that's why that, epic that's why i meant to say is star trek he's really good in yeah so as a star trek fan he just kills like that he stole that movie from me and so i actually have more faith in him than yeah and so and you know certainly in stallone yeah uh yeah so i so I saw the picture of Judge Dredd. It looks like he did in the comics. So yeah, so, so he kind of did in the original too. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really weird and it's early. It's a weird movie, a concept anyway. So yeah, we'll see about that one. Uh, all right. Um, well, let's go ahead and skip to one of the big stories then. Uh, the they started shooting Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah, Oz the Great and Powerful, not Wonderful. Um, this week at some point and they also release sort of a synopsis i didn't read the synopsis i have no idea what this movie is about uh it's basically how oz became i know it's a it's about the wizard of oz yeah and how he got to what's even the name Mun- oz oz yeah that's right the land of oz yeah it's the land of oz. and how i got there it's robert downey jr so okay you know it's and it's sam raimi and if anybody could direct a movie that's visually and will look good and we'll have a nice pace to it and it'll be hyperactive and yeah. fun. Yeah. My favorite director can do it. Yeah. And I, you know me, I love everything Sam Raimi does, whether it's the evil dead for the love of the game. Oh man. I a, you know, even something like a simple plan where yeah. it's really slow moving, but he has an ability with his camera and his storytelling through the lens that he 
makes everything fun. Even his Western, The Quick and the Dead, yeah. has some awesome shots in it. I, I love the... In that movie, my favorite shot is when Russell Crowe shoots a dude in the head and the camera pulls back and goes through the dude's head and comes all the way out. That's the thing I miss. It does feel like a really good match because, you know, I... Oz is a place where there's lots of goofy stuff going on and, and you've got to sort of sell this, I don't know, silliness is maybe harsh or something, but, you, you know, it is. It's a certain, yeah, no, certain I, level of silliness uh, that's fun and you've got to be able to sell that and he does that really well. He can, you know, in, in a lot of his movies, he can switch from action to uh, oh, drama to, you know, comedy I really th- seamlessly. You know, I think um, why Spider-Man 2 is regarded as one of the greatest comic book movies of all time is because he balances so many stories in that, yeah. but he makes it one seamless movie. Whether it's Peter Parker struggling with being Spider-Man, and then you're cutting to Otto Octavius coming to life as Dr. Octopus, and it's a yeah. horror movie. It's a straight... That is a straight yeah. shot for shot from Evil Dead 2. Oh, for sure. And, you know, if you're a fan, you're like, oh, that's funny, because he's kind of, you know, winking at himself there. And so he's able to balance all that. And even Drag Me to Hell... I mean, yeah. you have some really intense moments in there, and then he always adds his little he, humor in you it. You know, I'm I'm not a huge horror fan, and then, you know, when I get scared really easily, and there are scenes where he'll scare me, and the next thing I know, there's a talking goat, yep. and I'm laughing, and then he scares me again and with, that's his, with a talking goat. Yeah, and that's his style, and that's why Sam Raimi is my favorite director, because yeah. visually and storytelling-wise, I don't think there's very many directors better than him, Yeah, because he's able to do it. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting movie, and... Uh, I'm interested to see how they pull it off because it's a Disney movie. Yeah. So, but also Disney made the Return to Oz, which is really dark. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Um, you should check it out. It's really interesting. It's not. I don't know if it's a good movie, <laughs> but there's parts in it that are really disturbing. Yeah. And because Dorothy goes back to Oz and it's destroyed, and so she has to kind of. It's you have to watch. It. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's it, it, visually it's interesting and it's an interesting take on the the characters, and I like that. The, again, Brad always doesn't like this. He says we, we got into this last week um, about you don't owe, or maybe it wasn't last week. Is when we were talking about Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Maybe it's two weeks ago. Yeah, where you're talking about he says you don't always need to know how people got there. But to me, I think it's sometimes interesting to find out. Um, I mean, I think especially someone with the Wizard of Oz. Why is he so feared? Why is he so revered? Yeah. Why do people go to him with their problems? Was he benevolent at the beginning and what made him not be I, I think it's interesting you know and so and robert downey jr is always fun yeah I, yeah I, I mean i i agree with brad that you don't always need to find out the backstory behind things we'll we'll talk about it later when we talk about our movie of the week in fact i think it's a pretty good example of that but um but sometimes you're, you're right it's it's interesting especially if like oz in the original wizard of oz there's not that much there that you're really, you know, this doesn't sound like a prequel. This sounds like, hey, we're going to tell this story in, in yeah. Oz. It's going to have a character you've heard of, but interpreted in a way probably that you would never have expected. And so all you know really that is that he will survive the end of the movie, which is true of pretty much every movie with a hero. Yeah. So so it, I think it'd be interesting. And uh, I, I'm always excited to see a new Sam Raimi movie because yeah. um, I like Spider-Man 3 and I always make excuses for it. But, you know, as this... It's the worst of the Spider-Mans, but I mean, really, come on. I right. mean, you can... That movie is 30,000 times better than Elektra. Than, yeah. And, and the people... I'll never forget, people, you know, always blast that movie now. But when that movie came out, not very many people said they didn't like it. So... Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so even th- when he made Drag Me to Hell, I saw his energy come back. 
Um, where in Spider-Man 3, he had some of it, but it seemed like he was really handcuffed. But in Drag Me to Hell, he had his energy back. So I'm really excited to see him make another movie and in a different world and with his visual and storytelling, I think we'll make yeah. an awesome movie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, sort of two little announcement things that were uh, just things in the works. They, they've they announced today that Red Tails is finally going to get made, which is the new George Lucas movie that's yeah. a World War II film. Uh, I believe it's about like fighter pilots in yeah. World War Two. He's been talking about making this for like 15 years. Do you care? No. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, I I'm pretty sure that the guy who made American Graffiti is dead at this point. Yep. So whatever he makes, uh, you know, it'd be great to think that he, especially because this doesn't sound like a movie where he can make toys. So it, <laughs> it'd be great. It'd be really great if he made a movie that was fun and well-written and had yep. characters again, but I doubt it. Uh, and the other one is uh, they move some things around about the Osama bin Laden movie. And I just, we haven't talked about this at all. How do we feel about, they're, they're making a movie called Killing Osama bin Laden. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, it, it's Catherine Bigelow who made uh, The Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. And they were making this movie before they killed Osama bin Laden. Mm-hmm. Uh and I just don't... I, I honestly don't know how I feel. I don't know if it's too soon, if it's see, but exploitative, I, or... See, I don't care about that. Someone like that, I don't think you have to have any sympathy for, I, you know, and... I know what you mean. You I'm know, not, yeah, I'm not saying that we have, need to have sympathy for for him, and I don't care. We're better off without him. Uh, I more mean that at a certain point, you know, are, are you making a movie to make money on the fact that we just... I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, it's more about the making money off of the story so soon. Yeah, uh, I you know, but I think that's actually a compelling story. I really do. I do too. Um, I, I want to hear the story. I you just... know because you could. That's literally a Hollywood movie. I mean, it starts out on a beautiful September day, and then <laughs> unf- oh, I don't think that'll be in the movie. no. I know, you know. What I mean, well, actually, you can go back farther than that. But you yeah. know, well, his, yeah, his reign of terror goes there. He gets away. No one can find him. He sends out these messages. Oh, fear me. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Mass. And then the United States gets wind where he's at. The SEAL teams comes in and just get rid of him. Yeah. So, I mean, it has the makings of a movie. But yeah. I, if I remember correctly, reading about it, it's about them trying to find him. Right, exactly. And Which is kind of why... I, my hope is that they change the title. I think that's the only thing yeah. about it is that I feel like that title is a flashy sort of exploitive i, I get you yeah saying, because it's like hey it, and I, yeah like i said it's just there's something about it that rubs me a little just weird um but i don't know we'll see i as long as the movie has a better ending than the hurt locker i'm okay with it. <laughs> uh and then there's um the one last thing before our big story of the week uh they released a trailer for the last airbender the legend of korra you've never watched the last airbender have you no okay uh Wait, 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 wait. Is M. Night Shyamalan making a second movie? No, 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 no. This is a sequel to the original cartoon series. So Live original, action? No. Oh, okay. This is this is really from the people who made The Last Airbender. They're making another series in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've never seen the original show, right? Mm, I've seen a couple episodes. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I don't follow it like you yeah. have. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say necessarily that you need to watch it. If it doesn't strike your fancy, fine. But I will say... It's the best action cartoon show I think I've ever seen, and one of the best cartoon shows, well, one of my favorite cartoon shows ever, 
probably the best one I've seen since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. The only, you know, there's no other cartoon show that I watch now that is a modern cartoon show, but this one, you know, when I heard about it and I somebody finally convinced me to watch it, you know, got its hooks into me and was just it's a, it's amazing. It's a wonderful, you know, yes, it's got the morals and the simple storytelling that you would expect, but the characters are well-rounded and you know, the art visually it's amazing. The fight sequences are great. Um so, you know, if anybody's interested, you should check it out. Sure. Uh, especially if you have kids. You know, especially, <laughs> like, in the 8 to 10 age. like Not that I know of now, but... I, 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 I know, it might, it might 12, 12 years from now. one-night stand. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, the trailer is just beautiful. And even if you're not a fan, people should check it out. Because it's really... Uh, especially as animation goes, like it's really just cool. great. I love animation. Yeah. Uh, and then the big thing is Frank Darabont left The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We talked about it earlier. It you sucks. Know. Yeah, it sucks. And I didn't know if, you know, I didn't know if it was AMC again because, you know, they had problems with Mad Men. And they had yeah. problems with The Walking Dead's initial writers from season one. Right. And Which that felt more, I mean, that the, the writers thing that you're talking about is actually was a Darabont move. Hmm. He, um... He wasn't really a fan of sort of having a writer's room. And at least this is my interpretation of it from everything that I read. He wasn't really a fan of having a writer's room and was more in the thinking that they should do sort of a more freelance kind of thing where they hire writers to write episodes, um, which I think has kind of changed a little bit. I think that now, you know, Kirkman, Robert Kirkman, who created it, is a, a lead writer on the show, which makes me think that there's probably a writer's room again this season. Um, or, you know, it, it could just be that they didn't like the writers the first season. Yeah. And they said all these nice things, got rid of those writers, and brought in, you know, new people, which is fine. Uh, people, when I hear people talk about this story, they interpret it as, like, not being genuine. The idea that he's mm -hmm. leaving because... Uh, he doesn't like the fast-paced nature of television, but that sounds that sounds exactly like why I would think he would leave. Mm -hmm. um, especially after he's you know spoke so well the first season about how much he was enjoying it and how he enjoyed directing for the show. So I was really surprised to have him leave, but under these circumstances, it yeah. sounds like the right thing. Yeah, he's I mean he's a feature film kind of guy, anyways. Exactly, and he and he's a writer, so he's probably one that I mean. Besides the Green Mile, besides the Mist, I mean, he makes movies, and yeah. it, it takes a lot. I mean, it's the same thing with actors. If you're in a TV show, you're kind of handcuffed. Yeah. So I and I read too that he's staying on as an executive producer. Yeah. So I'm sure he's still staying have on his, in some kind of capacity. Yeah. And the and you still have Kirkman who kind of oversees everything, and you still and have he's he. I saw an interview with him just recently. He talked like he is really writing that show. Yeah. Um, he he's friends with Brian K. Vaughn who is coming back to comics and he had even made a joke about like one of the great things is you know he's writing the TV sh he's writing The Walking Dead and then in his off time he was telling Brian K. Vaughn it's really great that in my off time I can go and write comics and it's really refreshing um, so it sounds like he's really uh, you know not just watching over things he's really producing that show yeah and that's good i mean th that show is really well done yeah and I i've said this before i don't know if i've said it on a podcast on nebcast that you can also get on itunes but what really sucked me into that show is because you're always afraid even though amc is a little more edgier than you nbc or whatever uh when you put a zombie show on tv you i always wonder like, well what are they gonna have in it 
And as I watched the progression of them filming it, and they hired Greg Nicotero. I'm like, oh, okay. Because Greg Nicotero is the go-to guy for horror makeup who got to start on Evil Dead. Hmm. And so... So I started getting more comfortable, and then um, the opening scene of the opening episode... Yeah. You knew right then. I knew right then, like, okay, this show has just sold me, because yeah. if they're going to show him shooting a girl, little girl zombie in exactly. the head and brains blowing out of it, yeah, not as left is left off the table. And I have a feeling they kind of did that on purpose for that opening scene. Oh, I, I absolutely think so. And one of the things that I really love uh, about AMC is that I, I've heard Darabont say on a few occasions that... They never went to AMC and said, we want to do this, and AMC said no. So as far as the gore or the violence or the subject matter or any of that... The butt um, sex? <laughs> well, what? Uh, anyway. In the second episode, don't you remember when uh, Shane and uh, Lori are having sex? She, he, like, turns her over. Maybe it's, oh, not, maybe it's not in the butt, but yeah. she doesn't enjoy it. Yeah, well, that's more for... I, I feel like... Anyway, that, that we're getting into... <laughs> The, the visual language of sex and film. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't even know where I was going. Uh, Sorry. Oh, so, you know, anytime they came to AMC and said, we want to do something, AMC never said no, which I think is fantastic. I think it's part of why that show is so good and why, you know, in that opening scene, you were able to see something really disturbing yeah. and, and know right then, okay, we're not pulling any punches. Like, this is really going to be the thing... Not even the show, like the thing you always wanted, which is a, a a drama about zombies that doesn't, you know, nobody has to win in the end. People just survive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I I still look forward to the new season, especially oh. considering that the show is pretty much shot at this point. Oh, yeah. And uh, or at least I, halfway through. like I said, they showed that five minute sh- clip from the show Yeah, where, you know... Th- they, they get on that highway and all those cars are, you know, broken down and full of dead people because, and you see Rick walking up and then you just hear, shh, shh, shh. and then he tells everybody to be quiet and he looks around, he looks behind him and there's hundreds of zombies following him. And I just read the trade paperback where they had the herd and yeah. that immediately reminded me of it. I'm sure it's a herd. And then it they looks like it's a herd. And for people listening who don't know what we're talking about, in the comic book they have three types of zombies. They have roamers. Uh, what's the second one? Um uh biters? No. No. It it has to do with how they travel. Yeah. Um the roamers are the ones that like there's one or two of them and they don't and, and they just sort of walk around. Yeah. I, can't, I don't remember I can't what the, remember second, the one is. second one. The second one's the aggressive ones that yeah. they'll attack. Maybe um Anyways, yeah. and then the herd is hundreds of them. Yeah, and they're, they're ones that sort of group together, group together and, and attack. Wander. And yeah. when they're underneath the cars and all those zombies are shuffling by, to me, I don't really get scared in TV or movies, but to me that's terrifying. It's chilling, yeah. Because, I mean, you have nowhere to go, and there's hundreds of them. Yeah. And, I mean, how long do you stay underneath the car? Yeah. And and as as is so often said about The Walking Dead... Truly, no one is is safe. Oh man, nobody's safe. No one at all is safe. I mean, there's in in the comic book. Spoiler alert: When Tyrese died, when they chopped off the governor, chopped off his head. Okay, well, there's a guy I really liked for twenty issues. That's a good. That's a good spoiler to choose because that's one that like eh, it's not that important. And there, there's sort of this in comics. There's this uh, not even unspoken. It's straight up a spoken rule that you don't spoil uh, Kirkman books even though I've heard him spoil Kirkman books but nobody else spoils Kirkman books and we're not going to hear <laughs> no um, yeah I, I will admit though it does scare me as far as 
it makes me a little uneasy, you know, because everything, uh, the first season is so good that I, any kind of change is going to make me uneasy. But uh, I still, I've, I've got faith in it. And yeah, the truth is, Darabont's uh, touch on the show is always going to be there. Yeah. You know, he set sort of a bar that people are going to be shooting for. So even if there are episodes that aren't directed as well or aren't written as well, that's not even going to be his fault. Like, that's no. not going to be because he wasn't there. But I think, too, it happens a lot with TV shows. If you can, you can come on to a show, and if it's, you know the standard... I think it will push you to make it that good. Yeah, exactly. You know, so... Because even when Josh Whedon started stepping back from Buffy, I still thought Buffy carried on pretty well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, season four. But, you know, it's... Oh, yeah, season four is rough. Yeah. But there's some great episodes in season four. There are. Just Angel... Or Adam is just a horrible villain. Yeah. But, I mean, Hush is in there. I think Bad Beer is the worst episode of Buffy of all time. Oh, yeah. That one just... That one's so so camp of an allegory kind of... I don't like that. That's Getting drunk other... makes you drunk. Anyway. Yeah. Actually, and uh, do you have the Buffy box sets? Yeah. Uh, uh, I have, like, the new one that's actually just all the slim cases. Because um, I have the old ones, and it came with the... Season 4 came with a fold-out. And on the back, Joss Whedon, in the early... Well, all of them I have, because I have all the old ones, he has, like, a little thing about the season. He writes, and he's writing in it, and he says... You know, we face a lot of challenges here. Buffy going to college and yada, yada, yada. Oh, and sorry about that one really bad episode. And I know exactly what episode he was talking about. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's just a thing that people should always say about a show. Exactly. Like every, every, every you know, actually the Lost creators do it and they actually name that episode. Um, the one that, the one about Jack's tattoos. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. So yeah, anyways, um, we might have a commercial. We might not. Who knows? Who knows? But if Brad so fancies to put one in here, this is where it would be. This is where it'd be. We could do a commercial for uh, uh, commercials. Commercials. People should send us a dollar. A dollar. A dollar. Just send us a dollar. You you can you know what you can send me the newest issue of Amazing Spider-Man and this I. This is not even a this is not even a, like a forever thing. Just this week, you send yeah. us a dollar. We'll talk about your. Because thing. without Brad here, we have no motivation to even think of a commercial. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. Right back. Uh, hey, welcome back. And this week we saw Cowboys and Aliens. Do you oh. want to hear? Go. Oh. oh, we we never did uh, what you've been watching. I don't oh. really have anything. Do you have anything? No, I don't. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, I watched Mad Men and it's boring. Oh, I watched uh, <laughs> season four of Angel and great. There are good and bad things about it. You know the I guess we talk about it now the thing I love about Angel is what well, I always told people is it's basically a 24 hour long movie each season yeah Ex- except for maybe season five they actually kind of break up the episodes i haven't seen it this is actually the first time i've watched through angel i sort of um because i started it right after i finished buffy two years ago but i you know i'd watched seven seasons of buffy and so i'd kind of burned myself out so i i think i watched a season of it and then a couple like a year later i watched two seasons and then just randomly this last week i started watching it and just totally got sucked in oh that shows um, amazing yeah Really I mean, there underrated. are things about season four, especially the last eight episodes or so. Refresh me. I haven't watched them in a while. What season That's... four? Is it with his son in season four? Well, they're all with a certain Or does his son, they... season three, and it carries over season four? I can't remember. Season four is the season where his son... Is uh, bad. Well, he's always bad. I really... <laughs> uh, uh, I I never like Connor. Uh, they, that character <laughs> just never worked for me. Um, it's the season with the god... the Or the... Uh, power that be power that once was 
at the mm. end. It's it's the season that uh, Gina Torres is in yeah. at the end, um, which is actually interesting. I'll talk about this in a second. Um, and it's the season where they they do some stuff with Cordelia that just Cordelia never really is in the season in a way that is. She's one of she's maybe my favorite character in the show oh, in all in both in all of the Buffy verse. So you haven't seen season five? I haven't seen season five. The so. best one of the best episodes of all time is with Cordelia in season Good, five because I want and I mean I know I know that at a certain point something happens. I sort of had something spoiled for me uh, as far as like a you know at some point this character something something. But um, I I just she's there are times when I feel like she's in the season and times when yeah. she's not because of what they do to her. And I just didn't like that aspect of the season. Yeah, but... And Connor's horrible. Everything we've seen <laughs> Connor's in is just horrible, and I hate but, it. But uh, I promise you, season five, I think she's only in one episode, <sighs> is... I mean, she might be in more. I can't remember but off the top of my head. it's a killer episode. Oh, my gosh. It's so brilliantly acted and right. shot and... I'll probably keep watching in because I'm in the mood now, so I'll probably go ahead and finish it in the next week or two. Right? Yeah, and I think Angel is one of the most underrated shows. It's really because- good. and it, it's interesting. Uh, just this year, I think it was that one of the guys from Fox, the guy who's like in charge of of television at Fox now, uh, or maybe it was a couple years ago. Anyway, he actually straight up said that canceling Angel was one of the worst decisions that they had ever made, and he wasn't even the guy who did it. It was simply that the guy who was there at the time. Uh, the sh- Joss Whedon, the, sh- the ratings were really good, and so Joss was- felt comfortable going to the Fox and saying, like, look, we're finishing season five, and while we're writing it, we'd really like to know ahead of time that we're going to come back for season six so we can do a cliffhanger and not just end the show. And they said, okay, well, we'll talk about it. And then they came back to him and said, no, you're canceled, which hmm. was completely unreasonable, should never have happened. He, you know, the reason he came to them in the first place was because he was comfortable with the idea that they were definitely going to get picked up. So why they should be canceled was mm-hmm. just ridiculous. Um, and it's interesting, the, the the events in my head were always very different from this, and then I figured out that the canceling of Firefly is even worse to me now, because mm-hmm. now, watching that and seeing Gina Torres, then I realized, wait a second, and I went and I looked up the timeline and realized that Firefly came out at the time when both Buffy and Angel were not only still on, but at their height. Mm-hmm. Like, they were really popular, well-rated shows, and the fact that he came to Fox and said, I want to make another show, and then they said, all right, but we're going to mess with it and play it out of order and not advertise it and do everything wrong is insane. Yeah. Like, I always thought it was that he had finished those two shows, wanted to start something new, and then they just didn't give him enough help. But no, it was, I- I'm running two of your biggest shows. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, the, the, he is so snakebitten. And, and it, yeah. uh, I mean, he said he's never going to go back to TV. Yeah, because, I mean, one... You have Buffy. Uh, he actually thought it was over at the end of season five. And he, they went to the CW, oh, or was it WB? Oh, I forget, whatever. UPN. Oh, that's right. UPN did, came to moved. him. At, yeah. Well, that's why he killed Buffy, spoiler, at the end of season five. Because he says, well, I don't know if I'm even coming well, back. He killed the, killed oh, her I well. love that. That's one of my favorite episodes. That's one of the best seasons of television. Oh, dude. Because the body's in that episode, in that season, oh, which yeah. is one of the best. Oh. That's so creepy and so... Oh. That... Season I, season I've five never, is so brilliant. I've never bawled at an episode of television more than I did at the body. That is, it's art. It is. And anyway, so yeah, it, it's so snakebin because you know I'll I'll tell you right now the ending of Angel is it's like bad. the Angel. No, I actually liked it. Oh, I thought you meant it was a cliffhanger. Um, it's like the ending of Lost. Most some, most people hate it, but there's a select few like me 
that really appreciate it. Okay. Because, yeah. Uh, when you see it, you'll know it. You'll, you'll know what talk about it. We'll talk about it. Cool. Uh, yeah, and I watch Mad Men, and I still think the show's really boring. Well, I'm hoping, you know, we talked about this a little before. I'm hoping that, you know, somebody drags you into watching a little more of it, and you, you find that you enjoy, at least enjoy certain parts of it. It's I definitely like not for Draper. everybody. He's pretty cool. You like Don Draper? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then, as far as I'm concerned, you like that show. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah I, if it, it's a kind of show that I, I think it's the best written television show right now. Um, but it's it's really not for everybody. Uh, so now, what I always say, it I, I, I watch it and I feel like nothing's happening. Nothing does happen. And I mean, things happen, but one an episode will end and you'll feel like nothing. You didn't actually see anything. <laughs> yeah. But you like now having seen at least four seasons of the show and stepping back and I see sort of the big sweeping arcs of things. I. I I think a lot of stuff happens and some really cool stuff happens. But I, I, I definitely think it's sort of a big picture show. Gotcha. Um, it's like a big picture show that constantly focuses on the smallest moments. Hmm. It, it makes life, especially life for those people, to me, feel really important moment to moment. I think that's why I like it. I can't really say for sure. but Gotcha. But by all means, hate it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'll see more of it because my wife likes it so much. So I'm sure I'll be watching it because... Yeah. Um, I'm equal opportunity husband. Yeah. I will watch it if she's watching it. Yeah. So, uh, hey, guess what? Here is the trailer for Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> I need to know where you came from. So do I. Welcome back. Uh, we uh, See, this is why Brad needs to be here. We go totally out of order. He keeps oh, us yeah. in line. Uh, me and James just don't care. We talk about whatever we want. We're all over the place. TV, movies. Who cares? Um, but anyways, so Cowboys and Aliens came out. And, uh, you know, going into the movie, I really wanted to see it when I saw the first trailer. And as it went along and then I started seeing reviews, it didn't get very good reviews. Yeah, I... It was scaring the crap out of me the last couple of it days. Was, it was me too. First review I saw from it, and I, I just want to. I, I think it's a smart thing to talk about this at the beginning because it sort of sets the pace for whatever we say after this. Uh, the first review I saw of this was on Slash Film, I believe, by Russ Fisher, but it might have been Jermaine. It was a three out of ten. A three. Wow. A 
three. Like, that's that's not Twilight numbers. Twilight would be like a zero or a one, but still, that's close. Like, yeah. th- one and three are very close together. Yeah. So, go on. So, I was a little concerned, but after watching the movie, I enjoyed it. So did I. Because, you know, to me, what it actually was, was a Western that they put aliens in. Yeah. And I I like Western movies. I do. I like Open Range. I like yeah. Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Um, I like 310 to Yuma. Have you ever seen Unforgiven? Yes. Yeah. I like Unforgiven. Tombstone. Three, yeah, yeah. You, you know, three, ten, yeah. I, I like those kind of Appaloosa. movies. Appaloosa. Appaloosa. And to have a movie that takes elements that I like, um, Harrison Ford and, uh, <laughs> and he was, he was cool in the movie too. I think it's the best, uh, the, the best performance we've gotten out of Harrison Ford in oh, at, at least man. 10 years, maybe, maybe since the last crusade. You know, I, I said this, um, I know you don't like the kingdom, uh, crystal school, yeah. but I well, thought yeah, when I, I, when I, like I watched, when I watched that movie, I said this. I said, you know, this is the most fun I've seen Harrison Ford have in a movie in ten years. Yeah, and he was good as Indy in that movie. I enjoyed. That, I enjoyed that movie. But as far as being an actor, right? Oh my gosh! And I because uh, in that I, movie he like he's having fun, but at a certain point it feels like he's he's playing a character because, of this character he once loved. Yeah, and I think that's what here was, he's really doing something new. I think that's different. what was brilliant about it. And I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit because sure. I, I just love this part. He comes in the movie. He's this badass guy. He doesn't take shit from anybody. He's this, he's that. He's not nice. He's trying to save his son who's shooting up the town. But he has a moment with the little boy Emmett when they're walking. And he Emmett's, he's telling the story because he gave Emmett his knife. Yeah. And he says, you want to know how I got that knife? And he tells it. I'm not going to repeat the story because you can't do I, it I can't good. do it. But the moment that stuck with me is uh, because Emmett was crying. He says, be a man. Oh, my I, I'm going to go further God, than that. I'm going to say that. every quiet scene with Harrison Ford in this movie, they're all the best scenes in the movie. Oh, every, yeah. The scene... The with scene the apple? In, uh, <laughs> yeah, the scene with the apple the and the scene, you know, sort of what leads up to that is great. You know, even him sort of being cruel to this friend character that he has. Uh, you know, it's a well-written... They're, they're all well-written scenes and they're all really well acted scene and it makes you miss Harrison Ford yeah because he there was a time when I would watch his movies I said Harrison Ford is the best actor ever because there's times when you see movies I can't, for some reason I'm drawing a blank but you could watch him and you just you feel for him and yeah. and because even in the ones that aren't you know the ones he's known for but things like you know Air Force One Thank you. or uh, um, Six Days, Seven Nights, yeah. where he's really just sort of this fun, sort of, you know, sort yeah. of action-y character. Exactly. I, he's amazing. And and one of the interesting things is that I never really look at him, when he's really in a role, um, I don't look at him as Harrison Ford. Me too. I even, was... though, even though he's, he's Han Solo and in Indiana Jones, I still, you know, when I watch Air Force One, he's the president. When I watch, you know, Six Days, Seven Nights, and then this movie. And this is the, probably the first movie since the 90s where I've done that. Because in a movie like Firewall or something like that, yeah. I look at him and I go, here's Harrison Ford. You know what movie I think he's actually pretty good in that um, maybe some people might disagree is uh, What Lies Beneath. I've never seen it. Because he play. Oh, then I can't. But he plays in that movie. He plays like a husband and a caring guy. And you just look at him and you're like, oh, man, he just... When Harrison Ford's on, he commands the presence of the screen. And in this movie, every time I saw him, I forgot, you're right, I forgot he's Harrison Ford. He's this 
crusty old Civil War vet who yeah. doesn't like to be called Colonel anymore because you know he's responsible for the death of his men, and but he's also he doesn't believe it's just an amazing performance and yeah. and and to not skip over it's a really well written character it is which is part of why it's so good is that he's given lines and scenes that are uh, moments where this movie that could have easily just been an action movie. This movie gets to sort of settle and yeah. get us into these characters. And I'll t- I read an interview with him and John Favaro, and he rejected the script when he first was given to it. Yeah. Given it. And John called him. I called him against my friend. Mr. Favaro called him and said, explained it to him because he didn't get it right away. Yeah. And he said, and the enthusiasm that uh, John Favaro had sold him on the script. Yeah. And then, so after reading that, I thought it'd just be crusty old Harrison Ford all pissed off being in a movie. But then he just made that role. Yeah. He's the best part in that movie. And again, we're sort of doing this scattershot, but, you know, to back away even from that, it, it's really an ensemble movie. Yeah. You know, it's got this big cast, and I think all of the characters are treated that well. Yeah. Even the ones that, you know, Sam Rockwell's got this little character as, as sort of the bartender. It's a great character. And there's a moment in the movie where the audience cheered... At, like he 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 does something and you knew it was gonna happen yeah. and it's almost it's almost overwrought like you've seen that thing before but still it's played in such a way that when it happens like like I said not only did the audience cheer I didn't cheer but I wanted <laughs> I wanted the audience yeah. cheer to cheer you know yeah. like I I'm not the kind yeah, of person who I don't cheer movies. either but yeah. it, it, but when it happened same. I was like oh I hope the audience cheers and then they didn't I was like oh they like this too yeah exactly and. Uh, yeah and it's it was just a cool movie because again I like westerns and to have an element in westerns you don't see I thought made it cool I always thought it'd be cool to do a western that had a zombies in it because you don't see that either yeah I, I, I think what makes this movie and there are plenty of movies like this and there are plenty of movies like this that screw it up where Wild Wild West what oh, yeah <laughs> but I mean what I said what, like twice I said that in this podcast what, what, what has the potential of making this movie so good is that it's it's really a very simple idea mm-hmm. you know it's there are probably not two genres in the in a, the world, certainly not in America, that people know better. Um, yeah. And it, it actually allows this movie some wiggle room where, basically, you don't need to explain cowboys and you don't need to explain aliens. You just go at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a great shot. It's in the trailer, but it's way longer in the movie. And I was impressed that it was this long uh, at night when they're first getting attacked. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the big, the big trailer scene where you first see the lights on the horizon and they just sort of sit there and they get a little bigger and they move weird and it just lingers on that moment yeah. for so long and I I realize like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I wanted. This is, it was starting to give me that same kind of chill that you get when you see like real, I'm doing quotes, <laughs> real uh, UFO footage. Where yeah. You know, like, oh, where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, the people who like, or by, by like I mean aren't afraid of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, how I imagine they feel. Mm. Not terrified, but just, like, sort of curious. Yeah, and, you, you know, know, I think you're right. They ha- um, There's great moments there because they even slowed the pace down yeah. where they shot characters and on their face, like, oh, look how pretty that is. And you just get this really cool juxtaposition yeah. of the two. Like, the idea is right there. Of- and there's some sort of serenity over the whole scene. Yeah. And then it, you know, obviously, because you've seen the trailer, it... it, it stuff blows it, up. Stuff blows up. But it's a, it's a great flip-flop because I, I i appreciate those moments in movies uh, and that's why i love sam raimi sam raimi does it too he'll do something where it gets super loud 
and then he brings it yeah. way down. And if you watch his movies, that's a trick he does all the time, and especially in his horror movies. Is you know we talked about Drag Me to Hell and the part where she gets just ravaged, 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 and thrown down, and then yeah. quiet, and then again, boom. And there's yeah. a couple parts in this movie where he, uh, John Favreau, does that too, and I think that's awesome. And I'm, I think I appreciate it so much here because, uh, for me, the first twenty minutes or so are a little bit hurt by the fact that they're they're very much the trailer, and you know I, I unfortunately saw the trailer so many times because yeah. it was in theater so much uh, that I kind of knew the beats pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like I knew, you know, there was lots of cool stuff that was in there, and the fight sequences, especially in the bar there at the beginning, is a very well choreographed, cool. Yep. You know, it's a sort of like you know you know it's just cowboys fighting so it's not like it's going to be some ridiculous thing but there's some little elements in there that are neat like you know he fires the gun and then holds it to a different guy's neck and the gun is still hot like mm-hmm. little cool ideas like that uh but then to have in the trailer it's like all of a sudden it's nighttime and then they get attacked and so for this scene to come up where yeah. it's just sort of this quiet scene is really cool yeah um, and so i think and sets the tone for the rest of the Exactly. Movie. Because there's some, like you said, you're the best parts are the quiet moments. And I mean, yeah. that part's so subtle and so quiet. It, it it actually reminded me a lot of Captain America, where I feel yeah. like the best part, you know, the action scenes in this movie are, are, are actually really good. And they I, are. I, I would even say they're better than Captain America. But I think that the real gold here, no, that's not a... Hey! <laughs> hey. The real gold here is uh, those quiet scenes is the scenes with Harrison Ford the scenes pretty much every single thing that happens in uh, the American Grace I believe it was called which is the thing that's upside down we don't have to say what but Mm -hmm. they're they're at a thing that's upside down at one point and every scene in that movie in that in that section of the movie I think is perfect yeah there's that's where we get the monster revealed in a way that the monster's cool too the monster's really cool and I think that scene is so perfect because we've sort of been Jaws and every movie since it have have trained us to expect to not see the monster till the end Mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden have the monster in our face look we're looking at it we learn everything about it so quickly Uh, we're able to sort of get that that scare mm-hmm. that we actually—I I actually don't feel like I get that often anymore. Um, and then it also allows them to show us the monster a lot later because at a certain yeah. point it's just war. Um, yeah, I—I really—I don't know what everybody else is seeing. I don't need—I don't know um, either. I mean, there are things about the movie that I, I don't like, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But for the most part, this is the movie that was advertised. Oh yeah, like, I this agree. is a simple movie about cowboys fighting aliens. Yeah. Um, and in a way, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know why it's not working for everybody else, but I don't it works get it for either. me. Yeah, so. I, and, I agree. And, you know, why I said it was a good idea that we started with people not liking it is because maybe it was that, and we talked about this at dinner, maybe it was that our expectations were lowered, but I don't think so. No. I mean, if I'd gone into this movie... I think I would still feel the same way. Me too. I I, I, I didn't get either because as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, this movie's fun. I mean, yeah. And I like it's the a action. movie called Cowboys yeah. and Aliens. It's exactly what I like the action scenes. I love the Harrison Ford. I that's my favorite moment in the movie is when he's giving that speech to the boy. Yeah, I love that part. But you know, it's just a cool movie. And I mean, we really didn't talk about Daniel Craig, but I mean, he really doesn't have much to do except shoot things. Yeah. This is, yeah, I have two gripes with the movie, and one of them is Daniel Craig. I, I kind of feel like uh, we we called it sort of the born idea, born identity of, uh, he's sort of the Jason Bourne of cowboys, where he doesn't remember who he is. But the thing about Jason Bourne is, while he's got the same thing of, uh, excuse me, 
he's got you know these fighting skills he didn't expect he did which is cool uh, when the emotional scenes come along he's a very um, personal kind of guy mm-hmm. he sort of wears himself on his sleeve in a way that I think Matt Damon takes that character and blows the emotion up a little bit you know, mm-hmm. he, uh, because while the character doesn't know who he is and we don't know what that person has been what that person's done in their past we st- we need to know who that person is mm-hmm. we need to get an idea of the the character the personality um so i, I think they should have cast somebody who wasn't going to play it sort of straight the way that daniel craig does where he plays it like a blank slate mm-hmm. i think they needed to cast somebody who was going to blow every scene up and, yeah. and sort of be like you know have a personality but not know who he was yeah that's what you you know, and so I think that's why so many of the side characters steal the show because yeah, I agree. Our main character and why they why they made it sort of an ensemble movie is because the main character isn't really anything. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't really relate to him in the way that I should. Yeah, and you know, I mean, he's fine in the movie. I, I think it's not really his fault. Because I think sometimes the character isn't really that well developed. Yeah, and, yeah. but I know what you I, mean. I think like, they, they, yeah, they try to develop him through flashbacks a little too much. Yeah, um, and and what sucks is sometimes, and I mean, I won't spoil what happens, but when you're supposed to have feel emotion, like have an emotional connection to him, it doesn't really feel that yeah, emotional. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely the f- somewhere that character fails where he's just not. Um, you know, maybe he needed one scene, or maybe maybe he needed more jokes. I think you know something yeah. like that, where where he's just he needs to be somebody we like more, not just that he's our hero. Yeah, you uh, know, I, my favorite scene with him is uh, when Harrison Ford knees him in the balls, and he just punches Harrison Ford, and yeah. they both stare at each other. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of really good scenes like that yeah. where like they s- sort of start a fight, and then there's just like this weird respect. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. It's a lot of weird respect moments in the movie. Uh, my other big gripe with the movie, and it's not even that big. Again, like this movie's really cool, but uh, at some point, we don't need to say exactly what it is. But at some point, there's a turn with Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of got that from the trailer, right? Well, because she said I knew my people weird was going to happen. Yeah, but I didn't thought, I think she, I thought she meant her people from the other a town. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think she meant what she means. Which at this point, we've kind of spoiled. Uh, but um, even then, my problem is, like I said before, you don't need to explain anything about mm-hmm. this. And that was the one point where they take this character who was just sort of a mystery and turn her into an exposition machine. Uh, and luckily, there's really only one scene where she sits down and says, like, here's what's happening. Yeah. And then we move on. But I don't I don't think we even needed that. Like, no. explaining why the aliens are here is unnecessary. We know We know how aliens work. You know, and part of what was so fun, especially about the the early half of the movie, is how it plays on our idea of UFOs and sort of mm-hmm. really sort of takes the stereotypical alien idea of like like even the first scene we we really see them in they're they're butchering cattle, yeah, which is like the most bizarre thing. Why yeah. aliens would ever do that? And they never explain it in the movie because they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nice thing is, is that once they do that turn with Olivia Wilde, like. There's that scene, and then there's the ending, and that's really all that it affects. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives them a way to she's pretty end the movie. Yeah, but I mean, she was gonna be <laughs> she was gonna be pretty whether she was what she is in the first half or not. Um, and but like I said, even that's not enough to make the really great parts of this movie not good. Yeah, I, you know, it's 
Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, you can sit there and say, oh, Daniel Craig's kind of boring in the movie. But you yeah. understand why he is. I don't... I, I think it's the, really the character written that way. Yeah. And I don't... Because, I mean... And it doesn't mean that there's nothing in the movie to hold on to. Exactly. And... Yeah, you know, because even he has those quiet moments, you know, when the that Percy kid's shooting up the town because he thinks he can get away oh, with it because great scene. because of who his dad is, and yeah. then Daniel Craig doesn't put up with it because he yeah. doesn't care. Paul Dano is just great in the whole movie. Yeah. Oh man, what other movies is he in? He's in There Will Be Blood, which I think is the most the closest thing. Yeah. Uh, did you see that? Yeah, but what? Okay. But what? He's, um, he, when he was a kid and he was in movies, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Oh, he's great. In oh, that you're too. talking about when he was a kid? I don't know. Oh, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of him in. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely younger looking in Little Miss Sunshine. But yeah, uh, he's great in that movie, and he's great in this one, too. He, he's like a kid of privilege where you don't think he would have privilege. Yeah. You know? And he... he yeah. And it's a, it's a it's an amazing cast all around. Walton Goggins is in yeah. this movie. Who And who... Was Sam Rockwell the best part of almost every movie? Yeah. I mean, I, he's great in that movie, and I love him in Iron Man 2. And yeah. you know, in <laughs> Gentleman yeah, he, he Broncos, unfortunately, he doesn't get a chance to uh, to dance in this movie. No, but that was my one of my favorite scenes ever in a superhero movie is when Sam Rockwell tries to be as cool as Tony Stark. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Keith Carradine is in this movie. Who he's the guy who plays uh, um, the sheriff. Yeah, he plays the sheriff who gets captured at some point just does a great job you know he's one of the character actors that shows up i mean the whole everybody involved in this movie is a big name oh yeah know? even the I think writers i think that's part of why uh people are sort of disappointed by it is that they see they see you know these these at least three big name writers on there damon lindelof and then um kurtzman and orsi Mm-hmm. Uh, who I, I think are the most recent writers. Yeah. I think the other two writers on there are sort of the original script. I, that's my suspicion. Um, and then it's John Favreau and Steven Spielberg and Ron Howard and Brian. I mean, Brian. Yeah, Grazer. everybody is huge on that. Yeah, uh, and so I, I have Brian a feeling Grazer that it, is, oh, so weird looking. He is like an he's, old dude with like spiked. I, he's like he's kind of like Tim Burton's cousin that everybody <laughs> likes a little more. You know, yeah. the one that doesn't talk at Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, so Paul Dano was in the Emperor's Club and the Grill Next Door and nope. Taking Lives. And, and oh, Taking Lives, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I, I have a feeling that just because there were so many big names on there, that's why you know, people people thought it was going to be. I don't even know what. Yeah, I don't know what people expected from it. To me, it had cowboys and aliens in it. Yeah, I w- I would even go so far as to say that, with the exception of that Olivia Wilde story point. I would say that it's probably as good as an Iron Man movie. Certainly yeah. as good as two. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've always been one of those people who didn't love Iron Man as much as other other people just like think it. Anyway. Yeah. We're going off the rails, but uh, you know, an action movie like that, I think it's just as good. Oh yeah. I mean, and a really good creature design. Like. You oh said. yeah, the creature is awesome. When I first saw it, and, you know, later you see it so much that I think it lost some of its zing. But when I first saw it, I was like, man, this is one of the best alien designs I've seen. In a long time. Yeah, I think that's because you just got used to it, you know. Yeah. Because it, and when you first saw it, it was dark and cold and, and very close and brutal. And we didn't, you didn't see it as a whole. I think it sort of looks a little bit goofy, you know, in the daylight. Mm-hmm. And I, that's um, why I was saying, like, when it's out in the sun and it's not as terrifying, even right. though they do some pretty terrifying things yep. by sticking yeah. people. Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, and there's so many... I, I can kind of see how somebody who is more cynical could see certain plots as... You know, you, you see certain plot beats and you know that things are going to end a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you said the thing about the knife. Well, that, that ends in a way that you would expect. Yeah. I, not exactly. The situation is interesting, but then you but you know that at some point something's going to happen with that exactly. knife. Exactly. Uh, and then the thing with Sam Rockwell's character, you know, you know that's going to end the, a certain you know, way. You know, but who, like, that's that's true of every movie. Yeah, but I the funny thing with like the I Sam know. Rockwell point is they never show him doing it. Before right. then, right? But exactly. He, he, he never has that moment yeah. where he gets it. So to have it at that particular moment, yeah, is brilliant. And and the way it's shot, because you yeah. don't see that it's him. It's just another like, oh, yeah. And then you, you great reveal, it, yeah. It because the reveal you, led ah. to the cheer, and yeah, and that's where the cheer came, and oh, it was great. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. It's it's some sort of cliche little moments, but done really well. Yeah, because you have people like Favreau and those actors and, and those writers. Those writers. And, yeah. So they I, know how to handle stuff like that because you expect it, but if it's handled in a way that's amazing, then it makes it that much better. Yeah. And it's funny. There's yeah. a whole lot of like good comedy oh, yeah. in the movie. And I don't mean like slapsticky comedy. No, not at all. It, it's, it's like in I the said, moments. Walton Goggins is yeah. great in it. The whole scene, the, 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 the scene, um, anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Um, I loved. Uh, I always liked you the best. Yeah, exactly. Because and the whole scene leading up to that is just yeah, they're they're wonderful little. I don't know. I just I this is the first time in a while that I've really been so um, opposite yeah. of what I've seen everybody else say. You know, there are times when I expect you know. There's the Transformers when I expect that I'm going to have more fun than yeah, than the exactly. critics or than most people. Uh, but that's different. This is like. A three out of ten. Yeah, that's not right. I don't know. I don't get it. I Neither just don't do I. But that's because we're cooler than those people. Probably. That's very possible. <laughs> oh, it's it's a definite. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brad, what's uh, what's next week? Next week is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, it's man. August already. Can you believe that? Ah, uh, no. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Now, I'm you, looking forward to. Are you sure to, we can't go see Crazy Stupid Love instead of the Rise? Well, of the I think I'm going to see that this week with oh, Laura. If you want to come with us, no, that sounds awkward. Well, I I don't <laughs> think it's romantic. I I guess it kind of is. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are going, let me know. Yeah, but yeah, I'll probably see that one. And I'm looking forward to Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I'm the only one in our I'm, group. I'm I'm really I'm curious. I'm honestly I'm glad that you want to see it because it gives me an excuse to go see it mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> when, I, when uh, the other Ryan when he was leaving I said hey man next Friday if you want to come or see Planet of the Apes and he says yeah I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah well he's really good about you know letting you down easy <laughs> Ryan's yeah. never a harsh person no he, he was really nice about it yeah <laughs> yeah uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and the, I think the change up is next oh the change up yeah I guess I want to see that one too I like Jason Bateman. Yeah, I do too. And it's rated the, R for like lots of language and nudity, so I got to see. I it. guess. I don't know. I don't think that the trailers really look that good, but the one thing I love about it is the fact that it's, you know, it's 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 been done the whole two people switch bodies, but it's never been done in such a way that the two people switch bodies because they're both peeing into a fountain at the same yeah. time. That I like that joke. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think I care enough. Though, it's kind of Olivia Wilde in it. Yeah. I was, dude, she's in everything. <laughs> she is. Yeah. What other movie did we I'm saw totally a preview okay for that with. she was in? Um, uh, the Justin Timberlake oh, one. Oh, man, we didn't talk about that. Uh, yeah, she's in In Time with Justin Timberlake. She's in everything. Yeah. Was she started in House? 
Uh, no, she didn't start in house. She was an alpha dog, uh, and then she bounced around for a while. I heard she's gonna do a um, the Linda Lovelace yeah biopic, well, which yeah, is awesome if she she's naked in it. Yeah, um, yeah. The I think that's the same movie that Lindsay Lohan was supposed to be in and dropped out of. Hmm. Uh, which hopefully the fact that they're I don't I don't if know she's naked I, in I don't it, know I'll go see it either way. Uh, even if she's not naked in it, I'll probably go see it. Because yeah. I like her. She's yeah, good. she's good. You know, she's not like... I, I'm not ex- expecting to see her in, you know, Mad Men next week. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, she's she's pretty and carries her weight. Yeah. And I really want to see her play Laura Croft sometime. That'd be awesome. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so next week will be Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I don't like the title, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Rise of the Apes would have been better. Yeah. But uh, I'm Ryan. Across from me is James. James. And we'll see you next week. Go real nerds. Bye. Bye.